keeping the blur on because Nick likes it like that. I will literally stab you and myself if you leave the Skype blur on this whole time. Why don't you like the Skype blur? Uh, so it's artificial and it doesn't fit your face properly. I can. I've got mirrors oh, in the background. So you know? much nicer. Oh, thank God. Why the fuck, by the way? You know what? No. You know, I, I saw it. You set me up. And no, I'm not going to. I refuse to. I refuse. I refuse to do everything that you set out to get me to do. So I won't. I'm not. Gonna, re- I'm not doing it. I'm not doing. Are you referring to? No, my I'm shirt? not referring to anything. Not referring to anything that you are wearing. You know why, dude? Because fuck it. This is this is the world now. This is who you are. Yeah. Trump 2020, baby. <sighs> will they Will they even... <laughs> no, I'll take it off. I just wanted the reaction. <laughs> yeah. Very transparently. Also, I don't want people in the street to see me wearing a MAGA hat. Yeah. Why do you have it? Funny story, actually. I got two. Um, for Halloween last year... I was going to go as a Republican or whatever to this Halloween party. And so I ordered this hat from China for like three bucks. So it was a knockoff one. So Trump's not getting any of my actual money. Um, Trump's hats so also bought... come from China. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, and so I bought this hat and then it got to like the Friday before the Halloween party. I was like, I didn't get a hat. So I didn't have a hat. And then, so I'd paid this, even though it was only three bucks. I was like, well, you know, I did pay for the hat and I haven't received it. So I emailed them. I said, where's my fucking market hat? And they said, we're really sorry. We'll send you another one. Express post got two on the same day. Wow. So now I have two market hats. That is a funny story. It's funny, isn't it? That, that's a funny, that makes me have a ha ha. Ha ha. How is uh, the work from home life treating you? You look work from you look the same. Work from home. Work from home life. Yeah, I'm working on getting a new job, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Yeah, got the old. It's funny. I think we were talking about this the other day when. Um, so we had a meeting last Friday, and we thought we were going to be you know, operational in some capacity over the. Over the few months, so I thought I, I would at least have things to do because I still needed to, um, you know, write releases and stuff. And uh, there were gigs that we had cancelled that we had to that were like months and months of gigs. So I was like, oh, I'll be, I'll, uh, I'll have heaps to do. Turns out, telling people that um, everything will be shut is pretty quick. Yeah, job. You do it so once. Yeah, you do it once and. I think they were maybe trying to keep our hopes up. Some of the uh, some of the key stuff they were trying to keep our hopes alive uh, a little bit. But yeah, we had a meeting last Friday, and they were like, "We uh, we can't really afford to pay anyone if we're not open at all." So they said, um, "You gotta maybe start looking for other work." So I've got a I've got a few weeks of annual leave, but that will um, that will end. In two weeks. Yeah. And then I'm probably going to have to go on the fucking dole, man. Yeah. Job which seeker. Is crazy, which I haven't done since um, uni. Yeah. 
the uh, the state of the world. Funny to think that only a couple of weeks ago, you asked me if what would it take for me to be worried about this virus, and I said it would take a lot, man. You know. And yeah. here we are, one month later, you living jobless. at home, jobless on the dole. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, well, uh, you know, yeah. it's uh, it's a sad state of affairs, really. Um, can I get you in this episode to really try to have your mic central and close to your mouth this whole time? You got because it. it's my my... My challenge is to level your audio, and when you're okay. doing this sort of stuff, I'm a mover. Just, I'm a shaker. I know you're a mover. I don't want you to be unemotional. You know, if anything, I expect right. you to be emotional. But okay, yeah, I'll... if you could like try and keep like right. a 15 centimeter kind of, I'll be conscious. A friendly, a friendly. It's it's keep it kissable. That's what I like to say. Keep it kissable. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, that felt really. Really bad. I felt really, <laughs> I felt really bad about myself for doing that. Well, I mean, you're in isolation. You're looking for a little bit of comfort, and yeah, I could do with the know, work. You, maybe I could be a webcam guy. Maybe you know. I was reading a, a uh, interesting book called "In Order to Live" by Yonmi Johansson. No, um, it was about a North Korean woman who. Um, escaped North Korea through China into Mongolia, flew back to South Korea and, and sort of is now based in South Korea as a defector from North Korea. Um, really interesting book. Actually, surprisingly quick read, like a breezy read. <laughs> it's just very um, plainly told, um, but a fascinating insight into what life in North Korea is. Anyway, she crossed the border with the help of people into China and sort of th- thought that she'd be home free. Unfortunately, she was then caught up in human trafficking. Uh. Interesting story. Um, ups and downs. Um, but one of the things that she did in China as she was trying to buy her freedom and find a way to escape imprisonment a second time was webcam stuff. Um, okay. And so like what I'm saying... stuff? Yeah. I, she was nice. like 14 at she, the time. Um, was, she, was she cute? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so what I'm saying is that, you know, there's opportunities out there if you're willing to look for them. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I have been uh, I've been given that a, a big old think. Um, but it's, it's tough, like, I mean, thinking outside the box is what I meant for ways to generate income and especially because this is potentially only a temporary thing, but you don't know how long and our jobs have been basically guaranteed for when we go back. Um, But you got to, you got to pay the bills in the intervening three months or whatever it'll be. Mm. Um, Has New Zealand frozen rent or they just frozen rent increase? They're frozen rent increases and no one can be evicted. Um, right, we still have to pay rent, obviously. Um, yeah, but yeah, no one's going to be ousted, and there is sort of the wage subsidy thing. So if you've lost income from work you would have expected to had, you'll be you'll get some compensation of that. 
annoyingly, because I work from home, none of my work has really dried up. If anything, I've actually picked up a little bit more, which is fucking really? annoying because I would have liked a government handout, given that the yeah. rest of the year I make fucking no money. But yeah. no, because because I am already doing the work that I was already doing, I cannot in good conscience claim government support. Well, Bastards. why don't you just throw away your conscience? Well, I, I something I value. You could sell it. I could. Get a little Get bit of money a on the side. penny for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a high quality. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. So, I don't know. Well, okay. Well, okay. Welcome to Deep wow. Ford, everybody. This is a podcast. We are just going to, we're going to, I think we're just going to ramble today, but there's so many interesting things on. So, that's fine. Um, sitting through the internet with me in a bubble boy suit and looking unkempt, just like normal. Michael Zabrecki, say hi, Mark. Mm-hmm. And I'm Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Uh, well, I hope that you're all taking care of yourself, washing your hands, avoiding people, staying indoors, not going out to social events. There should be no social events. You should cut off all friendships and families. Shouldn't be hard for you. Be independent. Don't lean on others, you fucking horse stride out into the wilderness like a lumberjack live off the land that's what new zealand said to do um but seriously i hope you're doing okay maybe we um, maybe we maybe we up up this up this the podcast sketch a little bit you're fucking unemployed i'm right. locked in a house for the next month let's let's go let's, let's go it, weekly man. for a bit maybe let's do it i got nothing better weird. to do i'm actually quite busy <laughs> Anyway, you should, um, my, uh, my friend Casper, who actually listens Casper! to, uh, all of these pretty, uh, regularly, he's Casper actually the lovely bloke. to New Zealand. That's, that's like a joke on Casper, the friendly guys, Casper, the lovely bloke. That's what we call him. That's good. Um, you've got it. You're picking up a little bit of an accent. A Kiwi accent? A little, a little bit. A little bit of an accent. A lot of, I bet I could I bet I could do a bit of Kiwi accent than you, Nook. That's pretty good. It's pretty good actually, yeah. I'll pay that. Thank you. Um The uh but, but, sorry, I feel like you're making a point, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was just that New Ze- um Casper's music but moving back to New Zealand, so you should uh He is. I actually already told him to hit you up. Where is he moving to? Uh Wellington, I think. Okay. Actually, maybe Auckland. I don't know. Who knows? Well, that's um, that's good for Casper. It is not. It is not where I am. <laughs> it's a but... bit. It's a bit far to meet a complete stranger. <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs> you know, I've done weirder things on Grinder. Okay. The uh, the arming and ahhing before the intro was because I figured this is probably going to be the substance of our talk. So let's just get the intro out of the way. Forever. Forever. Um, yeah, New Zealand's in full stage four lockdown at the moment. We are prevented from leaving the house unless going to the supermarket or pharmacy, uh, or taking small, uh, moments of exercise, you know, walk around the block, that sort of thing. Um, if you go to the park or anything like that, you can only do so with people that you are in a bubble with, in isolation within your household. Um, anyone else has to be more than two meters away from you. Um, and this will be life for the next month or more. This is not ending anytime soon. And depending on how well people 
abide by these rules and minimize the community outbreak, um, it will either be four weeks or it might be longer if things are still unresolved and uncontained um, after that month is up. So, yeah, we're mm. in we're in full isolation mode, which is kind of crazy. This is probably a, a stupid thought that I had that probably many people have had, but it did cross. It, I did was thinking that. I mean, this is such an inconvenience, like such a, the world's biggest inconvenience ever. It's inconvenienced the whole world massively that why don't we just just take it like just just like let's just go on as normal and people will die. But I, people die anyway, you know, just let them die and let the let the let the let the, let the ones who can beat it get on with it. I'm glad that you couldn't even get to the end of that with a straight face. <laughs> well, I mean, is it that crazy? It is crazy. It's inhumane. Is it? Yes. No. Yes, it's true that people it's die so all the time. That doesn't annoying. mean that it is good for society to let a virus run rampant through a population. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, all right. It's also yeah. not... I, I think that's biased from a a sense that you have that your personal risk is lower than others. Yeah, it is. If I'm you were sure genuinely in I'm one of the targeted... I've already had it and beaten it, actually. Oh, really? Got... Is that why you look so sweaty and pale? No, that's... Hello, <laughs> what? It's <laughs> um, because I pulled the blinds down. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's, so that's, a, that's a crazy idea because the mortality rate is too high. Yeah. It was, it's, yeah. it, it, your odds of surviving are not great. The other thing was My just, odds. yeah, they really aren't. Like if you get My it. My odds? Yeah. One in five, for? one in five people, um, like in our age range ends up in hospital. Like it is not, it is not just an easy flu for everyone. It is seriously like weeks of pain and suffering. Some people will never get their lung function back, even if they do keep it. Like uh, do beat it. I'm sorry. It's, it's, and the whole thing is that, that peak of cases overwhelming the medical system, right? If you get into hospital, you don't want to be fighting with, you know, the person in the next bed to get the medical help or the ventilator you need to survive the thing. It's, it's not sensible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it at all surprising that that mentality, which I not sure how much you take seriously has risen very seriously in some of the right wing sort of circles about we need to keep the economy going more than it matters to stop 3 million people dying, you know? Right. Um, Yeah, no, I was saying it as a joke, but it was genuinely a a thought that did cross my mind at one point. Um, But that's kind of, yeah, not really understand or not really fully taking into account the severity of it and but yeah i did see that trump was like we're going to open the economy up by easter yeah and he said even in an interview he said watch come east like he said uh, easter's a very special day for me no it's not <laughs> uh and you'll watch hey, you all chocolate. these churches oh, yeah, true. All, the... <laughs> all these churches that are now effectively closed they're going to be packed just you watch just you watch. There's a lot of action on the street today. 
Sorry, I keep getting distracted. Should have put that blind down further. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. So Trump wants to open up the economy by Easter, which he all which he doesn't really even have the power to do that. Well, that's the interesting thing. I mean, America is really fucking fumbled this entire thing. It is a disaster over there. They are now, I believe, the the global center of the pandemic. They have yeah, complete New York City. Yeah, so many cases and it's so untested and and wildly rampant around the population. It it is truly catastrophic. Are we? Is Easter still happening? By the way, is Easter Easter still in the um still in the supermarket? There's a whole bunch of eggs and stuff around. I don't think people. <laughs> I mean, they'll probably. I mean, if you've got a family, you probably do an Easter egg hunt on the um back lawn or something like that right um the idea that trump is uh just so like focused on the economy as the metric of his government's success and yet his complete inability to treat this thing seriously has now created the economy (laughs) to levels worse than when he started is its own kind of poetic irony right like that's Mm. that's quite nice i mean of all the shit that he's done Killing three million Americans will probably seal the deal when it comes to <laughs> his election um, chances. But um, mm. the ultimate, again, the, the another irony, I suppose, is the people that listen to him and act like it's no big deal and go out in public and end up in church and shake hands with everyone and despite all the health warnings are the ones who are going to be disproportionately sick and dead as a result. I mean, literally... Yeah just led like a cult of people to their deaths. That's yeah. kind of fucking crazy. Well, here's the other thing though. And, uh, really hate to, uh, really hate to entertain two, uh, kind of right wing arguments here. But the other thing that I was wondering was that why this is largely, uh, the Chinese government's fault that they let this happen mm. that these meat no it's true that the the meat markets that they have allowed to exist and haven't shut down is where this thing started and why why is no one really talking about why is there no blame being put on the chinese government there there should be the, i don't uh, think that's a that's an old that's not like a right wing you know i mean maybe the maybe the right are touting that argument but I don't think it's necessarily a racist argument to say that. It's racist to call it Kung Flu, which is objectively (laughs) kind of funny. Are people calling it that? I think Trump called it Kung Flu. I don't. I haven't heard him say that. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying Um, to think if it was, uh, if it, if it was, if it came out of Italy, everyone would call it Fluigi. I wrote that one down actually. Okay, that's good. Um, um, the uh, the thing with the China aspect of it, 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 I think the greatest sin of the Chinese government was not so much that they didn't shut down meat markets. There's a cultural aspect there, and um, you know people need to buy food, right? That's just the way that they can, they not, don't have not, the that's not no, that's it's they, not a, it's not a, it's not it's not just for food it's for pets they've got amazonian pythons in cages next to african monkeys with pangolins they've got all these animals from different parts of the world that are haven't evolved or haven't 
even had any contact with each other in terms of environment at all. Yeah, but that's not what causes the virus. That is what caused... That's what no, they think... No, simply, like, the, simply the fact that two animals have never interacted doesn't cause the virus. Well, they it was it was on 60 Minutes. It Having all those creatures together... The, it, it was it was transmitted from creature to creature in a way that mutated the virus. But that's not... It's not like if you put two... If, it's not like if you put like a giraffe and a whale next to each other, they're going to create a super virus. It Maybe. needs to. You need to have a, a virus already existed that gets transmitted and mutated as it passes from creature to creature. It's not like, it's not like f- fucking um, baking soda and vinegar just causing an explosion when you get them close to each other. That's genuinely what I thought it was. Yeah, you Thinking need baking you soda need, and vinegar. You need a virus which exists in one species of creature already, that then ends up transmitted to a, a new species. And then that works as a gateway to then make it jump from uh, animal to human, right? So uh, potentially if it was pangolins or whatever they thought, I don't know if we've identified yet where it originated. A pangolin and a human could encounter each other and the virus is too different in its biology to uh, be transmittable to humans. But if it transmits to an intermediary... And then that intermediary gets in contact with a human because of the process of that mutation, then it can go through our population. So that's that's why the danger of, of having those animals stored next to each other. It wasn't that they're like fucking elemental building blocks where if you bash them together, you create... breathing a... on each other. No, it's just you had one virus in one species which, which was able to jump across a couple of different ones. Um the problem well, still, here, I think, the, I, I agree that there are health issues in terms of the way that they do it, but I also think that there are um, realistic limitations on the amount that the government can do to mm, regulate the way that that sort of food is being sold or those animals are being processed. They probably could do mm. more than they are doing, but there's also it's it's a huge fucking country with billions of people, right? The thing that I think they had a problem with was the communist style like the chernobyl style information delivery system and denial of a problem that was what their actual mistake was that was Mm. the too many chains of hierarchy between where something was happening on the ground and the top level people who can make a decision the reticence to admit there was a problem and in fact the imprisonment and, and bad mouthing of doctors who raised their hand to say hey we've got a virus outbreak here something needs to be done that kind of process which delayed the uh, quarantining of those areas and allowed it to spread, that was the mistake. And that's what does deserve criticism. Um, mm. And yeah, I they think... Like five million people leave yeah. and travel out of Wuhan. Yeah. I mean, I, I that, that undoubtedly is what began the spread, right? Um, you've got to work hard and fast to, to contain a thing like that. And they didn't. Second to your point, or or, or, or I should say to your second point, why is no one complaining about this? Because it's a crisis. And right now the priority is dealing with the problem rather than allocating blame. Right now the world needs to be unified in its treatment of this thing. People need to be sharing information, scientific research across borders. There needs to be collaboration in the way that governments hand over citizens back and forth as they try and get home. There needs to be 
uh, a unified front from the World Health Organization, from the UN, this kind of thing, in, in ascribing, um, uh, sorry, in allocating funds and information and resources so that as a world, it doesn't get worse. It is going to get worse, but but that's where people's priorities are, right? I get After you, yeah. it's under control, there will undoubtedly be examination of how this happened, examination of countries' policies internally and foreign policies abroad. And I'm sure that there will be discussions had in the form of, you know, I don't know, uh, trade, diplomacy, that kind of thing as to how blame should be allocated and, and if someone deserves a slap on the wrist for what they did. Mm. Slap on the wrist. Slapping yeah, no, on the wrist, point. of course, inadvisable during a pandemic. But blame, yeah, I mean, I get your point. Um, blame is, though, a way that we pre- helps prevent it happening in the future, you know? Sure. So I get that, like, we're in the mix of a crisis now. First thing is deal with this. Then we look at why this happened and how we can prevent it happening again. And Maybe I think the, can, the third uh, option, which you touched at a little bit, which is the racism angle, Uh I think at the same time, if you start to do that blame now in a form, even if it was sort of valid criticisms, I think you open up uh, descendants or people of that heritage or ancestry around the world to bile and attacks and victimization that they are not, they don't deserve and are not accountable for. And again, yeah. that's that's not helpful in this situation. The society needs to come together and work together to stop an outbreak. Mm. So again, it's potentially a, a bigger precaution. Yeah, I think they even started a hotline in the US for Asian Americans to report racism. Right. As a result of the coronavirus. Jeez. Coronavirus yeah, it related racism. Su- well, it kind of half surprises me, actually, mostly in the fact that America has done anything <laughs> um, productive. But, yeah, um, yeah. the um, how are you feeling about Australia at the moment? Because that's that's the one for me. I mean, uh, New Zealand has had about 350 cases, I think the count is now. We've got about 25 who have now gone all the way through and recovered. We have a couple who are in critical condition. We've had no deaths so far, last time I checked. Um, You've had no deaths? We have had no deaths. Um, Wow. Our borders are shut, obviously, and have been for at least a week. Um, We've been in lockdown now for, this is my second day as we're recording this on Friday. Um, Complete countrywide lockdown. All schools closed, all council facilities and everything are completely shut, as we mentioned. And this is before we've had deaths, before we had really many confirmed cases of community transmission. Um, so they've taken a very fast, very aggressive stance, which will hopefully, and based on any kind of modelling, cap this thing at a very reasonable level and, and you know, sort of prevent it from truly damaging New Zealand um, in terms of its yeah. people. When I look at Australia, where you've still got... You know, open businesses, people out and about more freely. Yes, you're at level three now, I think, but it it feels like ScoMo and and that sort of um, conservative government approach has been much more. It's business as usual. You know, keep doing what you're doing and don't worry about it. 
How are you feeling about that now in a in the global context? Well, I think everyone in Australia is wishing that we had Jacinda as our prime minister, um, because of, I mean, she's she's such a good leader, not just because she's decisive in her action and she also clearly listens to the experts when necessary and also i saw on her facebook thing she was doing this live facebook video which she was just like in her t-shirt or something and she's she was just like answering questions that people wanted to know i was like fuck she's do you know we had jacinda on our show in 2015 this was when she was just a member of parliament yeah that's crazy yeah. she's the she's the actual greatest. She's very good. Um, I don't I don't know if I don't know if it feels like business as usual here. To be honest, maybe, and I don't think that's the message that's coming from the government. It um, it was for a while. I think I think things have changed a little bit. I think you're at stage three now. I think it has become slightly more serious. Scomo did is like sit in the office against the bookshelf, like presentation to the nation kind of thing. But at start, the messaging was just like get on with it. You know, business as usual. Life goes on. Yeah. Um I guess the <clears throat> the government has been I mean they a lot of people I don't know if this is just the bubble that I'm in um <laughs> digitally. Um but it feels like I mean we're kind of waiting for the government to properly shut down everything we don't know i mean it's the same in new zealand but i don't know how people are going to get through this including well i think we'll be fine like whatever but unless the government actually freezes rent and mortgages and stuff i don't know i don't know i'm you know that's the scary thing by freezing rent you mean freezing rent payments or increases yeah not having to pay rent yeah yeah but you have to but it's tricky man because you have to do that for the you have to do that for the landlords as well and for their mortgages and stuff. And I, I don't know I don't know enough about economics to know what the knock on effect of that will be. Yeah. And it doesn't seem fair that that tenants should just be like, Ah, oh, I lost my job, I can't pay my rent. You gotta get, cut me some slack here. Yeah. Uh, it, that doesn't fe- seem fair to landlords. No. It's it is but a it also feels nationwide like problem. Something something needs to happen. Um, in order to give some people a lifeline, and I guess that is what what they have done in New Zealand and Australia now, which is ba- which is give sixty days of you, you can't evict someone for not paying their rent on time. The interesting um, thing that I think Australia could look abroad about uh, and and potentially adopt is oddly America. They've passed passed a stimulus package right where people will actually get cash in hand sort of in the way that um the labor government did the stimulus package in the gfc where people just literally get cash they you just i think in america uh the numbers have changed a little bit in in the past couple of days i feel like it's around two thousand dollars per person everyone just gets given cash that for some people will be enough to cover their rent over that time and a bit of groceries um they have a very different social support structure over there so i don't i don't know exactly whether or not it'll be enough to you know for people to live off of for 3 months or something probably not but if they did the same thing in australia 
and handed out that money to everyone. Everyone gets $2,000, landlords yeah. and tenants. That would go a long way to minimizing some of that short-term hurt, I think, where there's just more money. It also helps prevent a recession because the economy is slowing down. People will spend that money. Um, but, yeah, I, I that interestingly seems like the easiest, <laughs> easy in, in, I suppose, a, with an asterisk, the easiest solution yeah. to this kind of impending problem. Yeah, and they, they have doubled the... They're doing a $550 payment to people who have lost their job. Yeah. But that payment doesn't come to... You can't access that payment until April the 27th. That's so weird. It's so weird. I, I've i been trying to go down this, uh, explore this... Because that's what used to be called New Start, but which is now called Job Seeker or something like job that, Job Seeker, right? yeah. Yeah. So those people who were on Job Seeker previously got $550 a fortnight and yeah. then now they're doubling that um but that doesn't come into effect until April 27th so and i mean people were campaigning uh, for an increase to that rate for years as well cuz 550 a fortnight is so <laughs> fucking unrealistic to cover any yeah. any expenses whatsoever yeah i mean even with yeah even with this i don't even know if i'm going to get uh, approved for this thing yet for this how could you not thing. be but even well yeah probably but uh i mean even with this double thing it's still it's still like it's more not than half of what i was earning before and it's like it's uh it's i mean you gotta be grateful for anything at that point but um, yeah and yeah. i i think you and know, to your point as well who's hiring what do you what where are you going to find employment in this time exactly and it's like <laughs> yeah i've got a I've got, uh, luckily, people, well, not luckily, but people have been, they know this situation that I was in um, and they've been sending me, you know, this place is hiring and stuff, but it's like, it might look like, I mean, I've handed it, I've applied for about 20 jobs in the last week of jobs that I think maybe still, I just applied for, get this, Nick, I applied for a job as a content writer for the good guys. And you'll be one of 400 applicants. (laughs) I know. Fighting for to write about fighting for good guys. Washing machines. Yeah. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Um, Can I? um, Yeah. I mean, can I just take a beat here and um, interview you for the role of the good guys content creator, please? Um, I've heard (laughs) that you're interested, um, and I just, uh, what's a bit of your background? Why do you think you'd be perfect for this role? Well, I've always had appliances in my life. Um, from a young man, I had a fridge. Um, my mum always had a dryer, um, and I used to actually. This is this is actually a very fond memory. Um, I used to. I used to I always loved the smell of the dryer that my mum had, and I think it was a Fisher and Paykel. Oh, Fisher Paykel, great brand. Yeah. And I know yeah. you guys stock a lot of Fisher and Paykel. Got over thirteen hundred Fisher Paykel products. I, I I did my research, um, and it would always smell like warm clothes. And sometimes Musty. I'd like to get yeah. in there, and I'd get in there. And I think that's when I first fell in love with appliances. I would I would hide away from the world in in a Fisher and Paykel dryer. Um, nice. And uh, yeah. if you were to sort of characterize your writing experience, have you done anything sort of appliance related in the past? Yeah, I mean. 
in a, in a sense, everything's connected back to appliances. I mean, human beings are appliances. We're just living and breathing appliances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a lot of writing about about humans, about about uh, human appliances. But nothing, um, and like nothing I said in before, this field, always, it sounds like. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I said before, I've, I've always had appliances in my, in my life. Um, did I tell you about the dryer? You did tell me about that. I mean, um, you've brought a toaster to the interview, um, which yes. I appreciate, you That's know, just, but can you tell me the story really about, bad. yeah, can you tell me the story about this? Because, you know, not many of the other applicants have actually brought, brought something from home. Sort of, it, it, uh, perhaps you've misunderstood because this isn't like a show and tell, mm. um, but Yes. What, what, why, why is this toaster um, here? I just I actually bought this toaster from you guys a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's actually not the right one. So I just actually came in to get a refund. Oh, okay. Um, and what's our refund policy? Exchange. Your refund? Uh, do you have one? I'm sorry. We. Uh, I don't think we'll be hiring at this stage. Um, but all the best for your continued search. Can I get um, a store credit? Yes. Oh, uh, one more question. Have you ever done something sexually with an appliance? I <laughs> No. Thank you for your time. Thank you. That was good, man. I think I I think I got it. I think I made with a shot. The key takeaway here is that if they ask, you have to say yes. You have to have fucked an appliance to have worked a good guys. That's a good guys guarantee. <laughs> that's what makes them good that's guys. why they're good <laughs> they treat their appliances with love <laughs> i made love to her what are other appliances bar mix i made love to a dishwasher <laughs> um but that was fun um but the other the other place that are hiring is like Telstra. So, uh, man, all these fucking options they just suck. But you're just gonna yeah, I you think you're just to, gonna have to suck them up. I want to look at a fucking yeah. call center, dude. But it, you, you know, you do people, what you do. Uh, yeah. Um. Yep. Uh, do you feel? Okay, I've asked you this previously, and I'm just checking in because we've been talking about it for. a you know, a few weeks now. Where do you feel like your concern level is versus where it should be, and where everyone else around you is? Good question. I think I deal with things in maybe a, a unique way, and maybe not a necessarily a, a healthy way. But my coping mechanisms are basically a the same for every kind of rough situation that I might get into. If you told me that um, you had cancer and you had two weeks to live, I think I'd deal with it. By sending an emoji. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, it was a meme-oji, by the way. It was custom. <laughs> Is that... <laughs> Michael's uh, default reaction to any kind of emotional content in a communication is to find either an appropriate GIF or Memoji and send that in lieu of any words, sentiments, empathy, communication, discourse. It's just easier. Yeah, that's 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 probably the problem, isn't it? 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're actually getting on getting on to the thing that I was going to talk about anyway, <laughs> which was basically just shut down emotionally um, and just make lots of jokes, try and put it to the back of my mind as, as long as I can and then hope like just try and deal with it on a non-emotional level and then go to bed, turn the lights off and then try and sleep with all this, all those pent up, uh, you know, all the things that I should have been thinking about properly and dealing with throughout the day. And then they all just come flooding, flooding into my bedroom, like monsters. Yeah. Oh, that sounds grim. Mm, monster that's flood. actually, even when, um, even when, Casper told me he was um, moving to New Zealand. Mm. And I initially thought that he was going to, you know, it was going forever. I was like, I was like, shit. Like in my head, I was like, shit. But I wasn't like feeling the. Yeah. I wasn't it didn't feeling hit. like sad, yeah. but I knew that I would be sad about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got so a delayed I'm just reaction. Really emotionally emotions. immature. Yeah. Yes, I think that's, I think. I, I think that's that's right, and it's not healthy. I should probably. Well, it just means that if you you're if you know about that, then you can mentally compensate for by analyzing what emotion you will feel, and then before you feel it, say the thing that would be appropriate in that time now, if that makes sense. If you're like, oh, Casper's going to be leaving, I'm going to be sad about that. I don't feel sad yet. What would a person who is sad say right now? Oh man, that sucks, Casper. I'm sorry that you'll be going. Are you saying that I should do that? Yeah, or that, that you should do that. That you should that if you know that oh. you don't have if you won't be able to speak from the heart just yet, but you have a sense of what you will feel about it, then use your brain mm. to continue that train of thought and then turn it into that response now, even if you don't feel it yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Funnily enough, I actually um, invited him over the next day for uh, a curry and we just got really drunk and then I did say mm. all those things. See, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good question. What about you? Do you you're, you're pretty well put together. You know? What do I, what about me in terms of uh, my ability to have emotional responses to things this? or do you mean specifically the the quarantine thing let's start with the with with the covid um response yeah emotion emotional response that you've had to that like are you scared are you anxious or something um i'm not most of my anxieties are externalized i'm concerned concerned is probably too severe I'm alert and keeping an eye on Australia quite closely because obviously that's where family is. That's where friends are. My sister's in Melbourne. She's still being sent to work on her placement. She's going out and she's she's like uh, working in OT. She's going out and meeting clients and like dealing with kids who have autism. Um, wow. This kind of thing. And I understand why some of those support network stuff are important to keep there as long as you can. But also... I feel like that's too much. I don't think that people should be going out and traveling all over town and meeting different people and then, you know, cross-pollinating between different groups. I just, yeah. I would prefer that she was not going out. So I have like a long distance sort of eye on that sort of stuff. My parents are working from home. That's good. 
my fucking dad <laughs> dropped into our group chat yesterday a photo of himself in a hospital bed being like feeling okay <laughs> he had his airpods in um feeling okay uh listening to sufyan pretty good um and i was like uh what the fuck and my sister was like dad why why what are you doing why are you in hospital um and he was like oh it pre-op all going fine and then mum jumped into the chat to say oh he's having a carpal tunnel operation on his hand and we're like in this climate dad can you not just post photos of yourself in hospital out of context with (laughs) with no that's funny as shit (laughs) it's very it's very dad he did it he did apologize and and understand but um we were just like uh not the best time for anonymous hospital that's hilarious um that's the best. So yeah, he um, he had his office all good. He's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's he's working from home. He and Mum have been working from home for a week now. Um, office is closed, and they'll be fine. I think I, I trust them not to go off and do something stupid. And they're barely social at the best of times. So yeah, yeah. Um, from that aspect, that's where sort of my external worries are. But then I started to feel. Like I work from home anyway, so my day-to-day routines actually not changed that much, only in the extent that I can't really go out at weekends like I would have. But you're still allowed to go out for small walks and that sort of thing. So I'll be okay. I don't mind it. My housemates are all working from home for the first sort of extended, for the first time really for an extended period. One of them yeah. I think is going to go fucking crazy because um, <laughs> I just think it he just... feels claustrophobic. Um, and bef- is, this your, is this your mate? This is uh, Colin. Yeah, so he um, got up. Oh no! What about the other guy? How about that guy? Which one? Mark, the one that came back with like a horse's head or something. <laughs> no, Hamish. In the fridge. <laughs> yeah, no, Hamish has moved is on. He still there? Yeah. Um, oh, where did he go? Back to uh, the that was end of or? November last year. He um, he moved away because the end of the student semester. Um, Oh, there you go. He, to be clear, he came back with a sheep's head because it was a uh, a gift to I want to say an Afghani <laughs> his cat no, an Afghani woman <laughs> apparently that a horse head is like a really um, prized key possession for some like cooking and recipes and stuff and so he'd been down at a um, at a, like an abattoir and they had been you know killing sheep and he um, grabbed one for her kind of yeah. sweet. I mean, still an unsettling thing to find I don't in the like, fridge. I mean, <laughs> well, still an unsettling thing to be like, what'd you do today, Hamish? Well, it's actually just down at the abattoir. Yeah. Uh, Grab, yeah. Grabbed a head for you. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, Colin, anyway, Colin, just be- on the day before lockdown, uh, woke up at 4 a.m., drove like an hour and a half into the wilderness, sat on like a um, mountaintop and watched the sunrise. Um, because nice. he was, I think, uh, somewhat <laughs> apprehensive about the month of quarantine incoming. So we'll see how that develops. But, um, yeah, I think it will depend on personalities, how um, how caught up people are. Anyway, again, that was a, yeah. a tangent to say that my day-to-day work isn't too badly affected, but um, I noticed it and I started to feel it emotionally when I realized that I won't get to see my boyfriend for a month or more. We're not allowed mm. to 
cross you know you're not meant to mix your bubbles between different households so you can't go and see each other there are some exceptions but you, but, for like mixed families yeah you could potentially but it but is you guys are doing the right thing it is a risk yeah and doing the right thing yeah. for half a second muse about hot. moving in um but i have other housemates he his parents still don't know that he's seeing a guy um so yeah it was just not an option but when when that happened yeah. and then when on the last night before um uh, the quarantine kicked in we were hanging out then i started to feel a bit sad and uh not anxious but just like it became very real in that sense where i was like oh shit yeah no now this is actually properly affecting me yeah and that sucks so you felt you felt a bit blue as a result of the lack of human interaction that you've been able to have yeah yeah after seeing him you know three or four times a week for the past three months um yeah yeah it was it was a realization of like yeah this is now we're entering real stakes now and you're not you don't get to go go to people it's funny i had the uh, exact opposite reaction <laughs> oh god i'm gonna see so much of my girlfriend. In a house with emma for a month yeah i'll give you a chance now to take that back <laughs> it is what it is she feel, feels the same way i'm sure yeah she did actually tell me today um you're playing your podcast without your headphones in. Why the fuck? What are you doing? Playing podcast too loudly. That's not good behavior. What? Are you serious? Yeah. That is something she complains about a lot. Yeah. I've been listening to this Put your one fucking podcast. In. I got so obsessed with this podcast that I listened to. I just discovered this podcast that I I don't think you should go anywhere near this podcast. By the way, it's like it's a very irreverent. Very irreverent uh, pod with like two comedians, but I just discovered it was the funniest shit I've ever heard. Um, and then I just then I realized that they had done like four hundred episodes, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh my god, I've hit the absolute jackpot!" Yeah, and I listened to like fifty episodes in a month, Jesus. and I was just like playing it again and again and again and again and again all the time. Yeah, it's called Tuesdays with Stories. Mm. Uh, for anyone, Mark Norman, Joe List. Well, Funnily this enough, is Mark Norman opens for Jerry Seinfeld and Joe List opens for Louie. So there's actually some really interesting stories that that he's got from uh, on the road. Is he currently opening for Louie or previously opened for Louie? Yeah. Currently opening for Louie. Currently, yeah. Weird. So he's got some... They had, They do like... They just tell each other stories from... They just like... Talk. We'll pick a story or something. They'll be like, oh, this happened to me or whatever. But it's pretty interesting to hear uh, him like going to dinner and stuff with Louis and people coming up and stuff. It's interesting. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. That actually brings me to a, a, a little seggy I thought we could try here. Welcome to Deep Thoughts Recommendation Engine. Uh... With people either in lockdown or imminently in Australia, hopefully entering lockdown. Um, I feel like it's a, it's, it's worth us giving a little bit of like a recommendation engine. 
um, where nice. we just throw some things we've been listening, watching, playing, reading. Um, cool. Throw it out into Good the mix idea. and and just uh, give people potentially a taste of uh, some entertainment things for those quiet, long days. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else in mind? Um, I saw a good movie the other day called Swallow, which is kind of like a indie, it's not even that indie, it's like a thriller thing about a woman who, don't want to give too much away, she starts swallowing objects around the house as a way to, I don't know, maybe it's a cry for help, maybe she's trying to... Who knows what she's doing, but it's called Swallow, um, and it's a really fucking good movie. Mm. Fiction, a, not documentary. A fresh thriller. Mm. No. Yeah. Um, I just got back from a little walk in which I listened to the new Sufjan Stevens and Lowell Bram's uh, album, Aporia, um, which oh, yeah. just dropped yesterday. I have to say I was a little bit underwhelmed. It's more it of an ex- yeah, it's ambienty. It's more in the experimental world. It feels kind of like uh, Suspiria in the even though it's not uh, a score, but it's more like this artist going off and and playing in a different kind of space for a bit, trying out some different um, moods and tones. Um, there's very little in the way of lyrics. It's not really a Sufjan album in that way. A uh, couple of tracks which are good but on the whole a little bit unmemorable unfortunately uh, but yeah. the one album that i will uh throw out which i just will double check so i can quote correctly um in fact there's two i'll throw out ultra eastern i don't know if you've gone back to that um another oh, time that dude Ult- that, ultra album, that album rules is nigel godrick from radiohead fame but also a whole bunch of other amazing um productions uh they have a new album after i think about eight years called sister um it's a trio a female vocalist it is a really good kind of sonics glitchy beats very similar to the anima a little bit a lot of interesting tones and modes and that kind of stuff you're feeling like a bit of a banger it's really groovy it's really really good um seconded that one and the other one that shall throw out which is a slightly different tone is by this artist called Richard Reed Parry. Um, he is one member of uh, Arcade Fire, um, which <laughs> has about 35 members, I believe. Um, but this album is, is actually um, released sort of two albums in the past year. Quiet River of Dust, Volume 1, and Quiet River of Dust, Volume 2. Um, volume 1 is the one I've been hitting up um, so far. It's kind of in that indie thing. It, it, he describes it as having Japanese influence, but it's kind of folky. Uh, He's writing songs which don't have traditional structures. They're very linear. They start in one place and they don't repeat themselves, end up somewhere different. It's it's like a nice hang. I I really sort of like the the more... It feels kind of dusty, um, you know. What's it called again? Quiet River of Dust, Volume 1 and Volume 2. There's there's two parts to it. Um, Richard Reed Parry. Um, I, uh, I've been enjoying those quite a lot. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to throw I, into the mix? Um, I, uh, saw, um, Tom Segura's new Netflix comedy special, which was pretty funny called Ball Hog. What's Tom um, Segura from? 
He's, is he only he's a stand-up? A yeah. Yeah, he's only a stand-up. Uh, probably not your cup of tea, to be honest, Nick. Um, I'm just going through my Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so what we do? Um, oh, did you see Arrested Development has new show uh, episodes out? Or are they oh, well, oldish, but yeah, at the end of season five, is that where you got through? Yeah. Have you watched it? Yeah. I really thought no. season five was quite they good. It just came up as new. Oh. Oh, you haven't watched it? Or you have watched it? No. They just came out. Um, no, not that did. recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. A year ago, I think. Unless they've done something mm. weird that I wasn't okay. aware of. Um, okay. I, I, Arrested Development Season 4, I think people had mixed feelings about. They recut it. We talked about that, how they took very long, yeah. sort of hour-long episodes and recut it into a season of 22 and mix-matched. I thought that was quite interesting um, conceptually. But then Season mm-hmm. 5... They really worked hard to make sure they had all of the characters and all of the actors in as many of the same places at once. And it feels like the old show. I really quite liked it. I thought it was as good a closer of that season, uh, series, given the fact that it's, you know, 15 years on at this point that you could hope for. So I was glad I stuck it through. Yeah, cool. I'll give that a great. Also, I'm, I'm really, uh, really hungry for good docos. So if anyone's got any good doco tips, can you please send them? Our way, because I really... Yeah. Um, well, it's behind you there, Nick. Uh, I think my Siri turned on, that's all. Um, so whatever I said, something triggered in the distance. Um, hey, Nick, Siri. No, I've got headphones on, Michael. That's not how that works. That... Uh, actually, I'll hold that thought for one more second. And I'll just throw out, if you're looking for a little pick-me-up of a show, something that, that makes you laugh and feels warm and it's not, not too um, challenging... Uh, Shit's Creek is on Netflix. It's just really nice. Yeah, is that um, good? Yeah, it's Eugene um, Levy Levy. and his son, Daniel Levy, who co-created the Mm. show together, and they both play father and son in real life, and his real-life sister's on the show. Um, It's really just... It's like a sweet Canadian sitcom, but the characters grow. They, they, you know, become better people over the course of the seasons, and it, it really is just a satisfying little bit of comfort food. I... If you're feeling like a pick-me-up, I, I recommend it. It's better than you think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I thought it was going to be crap, but then I actually did hear from a couple of people that it was really good. Yeah. The um, Your request for uh, Docker recommendations also brings me to a point that I was going to say closer towards the end, though I suppose we're honing in on it now, which is that if we're going to do podcasts slightly more often and, you know... It's strange times at the moment. You're locked in your house, potentially. Send us an email. Send us a deepfort at gmail.com. It doesn't have to even be a question. Just get in touch and, you know, tell us a story. Tell us something weird that happened. And uh, we'll we'll keep in touch. We'll, we'll make an effort to do more mailbags. Um, I also had a thought that I think you and I could both work on for homework, mm. which I think what this podcast needs finally we've identified it (laughs) is like a few like uh break jingles just like okay maybe like four or five second things sort of thing uh yeah maybe yeah but it would be just like break up when we have like changing from it helps like segment everything sure so maybe we could maybe both of us could try and come up with a few whatever's yeah i'm up for that 
right, cool. Um, if you are feeling alone in the world, then please don't, because you're not alone. There are millions of people out there. Some say tens of millions. And they're all listening to Deep Fort, this podcast. And do you want to know which episodes? Well, all of them. Starting from number one. Actually, don't start with number one. Avoid episode number Why? one. Oh. Why? I like number one. Sometimes I go back. This is this is a, this is this is something. You realize you're being Sometimes. recorded. Yeah. Sometimes when I come back from a big night out, um, need to sleep on the couch. I'll uh, I'll put in one of the earlier episodes. Makes me feel nothing. Makes me feel better than my own voice. <laughs> It's not my own voice. It's the it's the time that it was. It helps me. I don't know. It's a dose I mean, of nostalgia. Way, it's too. Sad as fuck. <laughs> but but it does. It's like nice to go. It's nice to go back in time. You know. Well, it's then, like if you like Tom Cruise in Minority Report, where he what kept when he kept watching videos of his of his family before they were all killed. Okay, sure. Um. Well, then do as Michael says, head to deepfort.podbean.com or scroll down in your podcast player and pick an old episode, you know, go back. If you started in the past year or two, go back and, and taste test some of the early stuff. It's going to be worse than, than it is now. And that's part of the fun. Um, yeah. The uh, other places you can find us and others are facebook.com forward slash deepfort, twitter.com slash deepfort, instagram.com slash deepfort or just on the app, which is where people use Instagram. Um, Michael, what's on the Instagram? You set this up. This is oh, your, yeah, your, your brainchild. Sorry, I, I actually just down tuned out for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, I thought we were, I don't know what the Instagram's going to be yet, but we've got, we've got about 30 followers now, Nick. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I'm thinking some, uh, maybe some sponsorship, um, Maybe we'll start advertising for perfume or something. Oh, um, podcast, the perfect get, medium for perfume sales. Revenue. Um, do you have a cologne? I mean, do you wear oh, a cologne? Yeah, dude. What do you wear? Hell, every, every day. I don't want to tell. Why not? You don't want to give it's it away a, for free. You want to You want to either get sponsorship money or nothing. It's a Ralph Lauren. And I put it on every day. What it's smell? Like kind of my, my scent. What does it smell like? Scent. It smells like me now. Okay, that's a bit presumptive. It smells like elderberries. It smells like um, daffodils. It's, it's, it smells like butter. Yeah, it smells like butter. <laughs> it smells like, um, like you fell asleep on popcorn. A little bit. Um, but we might, I might, I don't know. Maybe I'll delete it soon. But I was, I've, I've posted up a, a <laughs> few. I, I've got a, I've got a few. Um, Photos of you and me from back in the day. So we might post up a few of those. Is, is it so purpose up, just going to be funny? Um, just bringing up old, embarrassing photos of us both. Yeah, I that's mean, that's a pretty good some, selling send, point. Yeah, that's something. In amongst other stuff, I'll let them know when we've got new episodes and stuff. Yeah, you can I do mean, an excerpt of um of a little audio clip and a podcast episode when it goes up. Could. That's that a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud.com. Send in your questions to deepford.gmail.com or just your comments. You know, reach out. You're not alone. It's weird out there in the world, but we're here too and we're weird. So we can all just weird out together. Um, and if you're on your phone and you're browsing through that old podcast player, just give us the old rating, right? Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It matters. It just helps. And you want to help people. You're a good person. I love you. I have a story. Could, which Yeah, I want can... to hear the story. Oh, your story! Yeah. Yeah. Give me the story, baby. So, a few days ago, I was messaging with my friend Chris in Adelaide. Um, he was at work. Um, I was here, I think, and we were just chatting over what was mid-afternoon his time. Um, and he sent through a um, just a chat complaining, you know, uh, I'm hungry. Correct this, please. Right? It's, you know, just just like a, a silly comment. Obviously, I'm a different country. Um, he's in Adelaide. Um, obviously, the perfect or correct joke here was to take this seriously and get him food. <laughs> to, in fact, get Uber Eats. And deliver him some Maltesers to his 12th floor accountant's office where he works. Did you actually? In Central City. Obviously, this was the correct thing to do. And so I committed to it. And I ordered <laughs> Uber Eats for someone else Wait, how in do a you different do that? country. How do you do that? You can just type in someone's address. You don't have to be in the country. Oh. So what? I know. Seems like problematic, but at the end of the day, you're paying it for it. So it's going to, uh, you know, the, the money's already been spent, right? What became very quickly apparent is there were logistical hurdles to yeah. this delivery, right? Um, yeah. So I, I got this thing. I put in the address. You can put a note when you're like making the booking as well um, or uh, for the order. Well, I put in the note saying, this is not for me. Please take it to uh, the 12th floor, hand it to the receptionist and say it is for Chris' last name, right? The, that was up front. Yeah. But then, you know, I, I got, I, I paid for the thing. A driver was matched to me. I have a pretty good Uber Eats rating, but I was also taking quite a significant risk here. This could go very wrong. Yeah. Put the money through and the guy was on his way. I was watching on the map. I got these Maltesers from a service station, right? That was what was on Uber Eats. You can get a whole variety of things, including ice creams and chips and things. I went with some Maltesers, kind of a universal. He didn't say what he wanted to eat. Um, The driver first (laughs) missed the servo. I was like, oh, God, this is not a good start. He drove past the servo <laughs> and then had to do a lap around the block to then come back and come in again. That was not a good omen for what was to come. Next problem, of course, was I've never been to my friend's office. I've never been to the 12th floor accounting firm in which he worked. I don't know if there are any on-site hurdles here, whether you need a swipe to get in the lift or to get upstairs. I didn't even know if they had a receptionist <laughs> whatsoever. What's the receptionist going to say when an Uber Eats driver comes in and hands Maltesers, potentially saying my name if he hasn't correctly read the note? 
I do not work there. The receptionist doesn't know about it. And more to the point, I haven't told Chris because this is a joke, right? This is this is me taking something seriously. I don't want to ruin the supply, the surprise and tell him that this thing is coming. I want him to have the receptionist walk in with a bag of Maltesers and say, someone drop this off, right? This is the correct joke. So yeah. the other thing as well, it was now like 4.15 p.m. So getting close to like... No. End of office hours uh, time. Uh, this is when I placed the order as well. So they, I think he, he missed the servo, picked it up around like 4.25, 4.30. I also didn't know where my friend was at that time. We'd been chatting, yeah, but I didn't know if he was free or in a meeting. If someone asked for him at the door, you know, was, would he come and collect it? There was a lot of like... A lot of potential hurdles here. Yeah. So he circles the block, gets the Maltesers, you know, Uber Eats progresses to delivering to you, right? And I'm like, okay, he's got the item at least. My friend's accounting firm is Central City. It's in Peary Street, right? Peary Street for any Uber Eats driver should be a fucking red flag. Any Adelaide listeners out there will know there are no fucking parks on Peary Street, right? Oh, How are you going to get to the 12th story of an accounting firm when there's nowhere on the street to leave your car, right? This is definitely on a car and not like a scooter. Definitely on a car. Yeah. It's a Corolla. I can see his number plate. He's, he's, he's committed, right? All right. I messaged, you know, so I put the note in when I booked the order. I then used the chat function in the Uber Eats thing to message him en route and just repeat this is for a friend it's not for me you've got to go to the 12th floor hand it over at reception give it to chris last name this this was you know if he didn't want to go and try and deliver this at peary street he knew it up front before he accepted the order right so i'm watching the car gets closer it's now like 4 40 p.m it's on peary street he's gone past it he did a Yui. He came back again. And then I get the thing which I absolutely did not want to get, which is the international phone call from an Australian number. No. And I, I listen to this thing. I'm thinking, fuck, this is going to cost you a lot of money, mate. You don't even know that I'm... <laughs> this is my New Zealand number. And I'm sorry. I haven't told him, by the way, that I'm not in the country. Yeah. The Uber driver can't find a park. He's in a loading zone. Can I come down? I'm sorry, and... he's just got a bag of Maltesers. He's got a shopping bag with one 500-gram pack of Maltesers in it, right? He oh, says, can God. I come down Poor and pick guy. it up? I explain, I'm not there. Someone else, he's upstairs. Can you not get upstairs? And he's like, I can't, I'm, I'm in the... I, I can't leave my car. There's not a park. Can you please get someone to come down? And I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> it will really ruin my joke, mate. Fuck. Okay, what do I do here, right? 4.45. So send my uh, send Chris a message on Messenger. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> this is not a joke. I ordered you Maltesers. They're in an Uber downstairs. Please go collect them. This is not a joke. <laughs> you know, there's no way to say this in a way that sounds convincing at all. This is on Facebook. We've been chatting, you know, this is half an hour ago now when he'd said, oh, I'm hungry. Feed me, please. Um, 
the message sits there for like two minutes unread. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling every second like tick by, right? (laughs) Unseen agony. I'm like, okay, I've got to, I've got to ruin it. And so I call him international. I call my friend's phone. It goes straight to voicemail. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Send him a text. Send the same text, which is like, I'm, I'm not shitting you. There's an Uber driver downstairs. Please go downstairs. There's Maltesers for you. I ordered you. This is not a joke. Um, now the driver calls again. He's sounding upset now. It's been like five, six, seven minutes of him sitting downstairs on Peary Street Oh man! With food, just a bag, a sh- just a fucking bag of Maltesers, right? Oh, just sitting there with, like a fucking idiot, holding someone's <laughs> tiny, tiny bag of Maltesers, seven dollars of Maltesers. Oh, the line is bag. It's an international call. He's calling me from an Australian number. <laughs> it's probably costing him like two dollars a minute. He's Indian, so the communication's a little tough. I'm trying to explain. I'm sorry. I've messaged him. Are you sure? Can you not go upstairs? Like. Give me one more minute. I've, I've messaged him. Um, he's like, okay, okay. I hang up again. I watch the Facebook chat window. Nothing's happening. I can feel my Uber Eats rating dropping like a star every 30 seconds. Mm. Um, finally, Chris logs on to Facebook chat. He says, uh, oh, I missed him. I ran so fast. I'm like, oh, fuck, what? And I look at the Uber Eats app. And it says, I can see he's still outside. I'm like, it looks like he's still there. It's like a Corolla. This is the license plate. If you're legit downstairs, look around because he should be there. No no acknowledgement from Chris yet. I get a third phone call from the dude. It's been like 10, 12 minutes now. He's been parked outside this office building on Perry Street. And he's like concerned. He's like, what's happening? What do I, can you, if you can't, you know, what do you do? And I was like, I'm sorry. You know, when I made the delivery, I said 12th floor, Peary Street, leave at reception. You know, like, it's not like this was a surprise. I am sorry that it's not working out. It's not like this was a surprise guy. It's not like I suddenly sprung <laughs> on you that you would have to do this, right? I'm, I'm very sympathetic. I don't want this to have been how it worked. But I also, <laughs> I didn't, I, was, I never lied about anything, right? Um, at this point, mate, you're just at, collateral damage. Ex- well, I was just like, if you can't get up there, keep the Maltesers. You've already been paid. I'm sorry. We'll just call it a wash. Go home, right? And I was like, just keep it, right? Uh, I spent, you know, $25 on, oh, I think it was like, yeah, $18 or something like that. And then, you know, throw it away for a, a, a joke, right? Just, mm. Just take him and go. He hangs up. He doesn't even say goodbye. He's clearly in a bad mood. Um, Definitely. Another agonizing sort of minute or two passes. Chris hasn't seen the other messages and the Uber Eats thing closes. Delivery over. I'm like, well, (laughs) shit. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. Yeah, that was money down the drain. Uh, Uber Eats guy pissed, rating, now in the toilet. And then I get a message from Chris. Holy shit, he was real. And I was like, Oh my god. He's like, Yeah, what? I I honestly thought you were lying. (laughs) The champion 
left his car running in the loading zone, oh. ran upstairs, 12 floors, up the uh, into the oh. office, ran into the office, just about threw the Maltesers into the hands of the very confused receptionist, said Chris, last name, and then ran away. <laughs> Chris never even saw the Uber driver. The receptionist walked into the office and handed Chris a shopping bag, double shopping bag with Maltesers. Uh, total cost, I, I tipped him like $10 for the nightmare on, on top of the fee already. Total cost like $25, yeah. $28, something like that. But Chris got his Maltesers. So far, my Uber Eats rating seems vaguely intact. And, you know, other than 45 minutes of agony, everyone <laughs> emerged unscathed. So, yeah, joke well, succeeded. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that, that's the best. Yeah. That, and I got yeah, a photo I mean, I of him. I feel really bad for the guy. <laughs> I do feel bad for him as well. Um, he, Yeah, I got a photo of Chris holding the bag of Maltesers. His comment was, turns out awesome. you can buy happiness. It cheered me up. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. Very nice. Uh, very good. That reminds me, actually, I'm... I'm actually pretty hungry for some pad thai, Nick. So, balls in your court, mate.